A recent CNBC piece highlights department stores. Remember those? Well, if you've been at a department store lately, things are a-changing. We'll explain how me and my friend Josh Dorkin, the founder of Bigger Pockets, on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul And I'm Josh Dorkin from Denver, Colorado. Freezing your butt off in Denver, Colorado. This is the Financial News and Commentary podcast, where we focus on topics that'll help you as a saver, earner, and spender. Now, six days a week. And today's show brought to you by Rocket Dollar. Thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything they choose. Through a Rocket Dollar self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, can make investments directly into real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, anything else allowed by the IRS. Get $100 off your setup fee by heading to rocketdollar.com slash MWF. That's rocketdollar.com slash MWF. And I asked Rocket Dollar to sponsor the show because I know there are people interested in that. Not for everybody, but if it is you, let's work with somebody that knows what the heck they're doing. And a guy who knows what he's doing, well, I thought he knew what he was doing until he agreed to come on this show. And then I questioned <laughs> his logic. It's our friend, Josh Dorkin. How are you, man? What's going on, Joe? It is it is brutal here. <laughs> it is. Now, by brutal here, do you mean uh, money with friends or brutal cold in Denver? I was referring to both. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does it have to be either or? Sure. Does it have to be? It's it's chilly here in Denver. Yeah. Like the entire city, the almost the entire state shut down yesterday due to uh, mass amounts of snow. Good times. That's crazy. It's way too early in the season for that. Oh, yeah. uh, but you know what? Retailers like to have this warm, fuzzy feeling, the glow like you get from sitting in front of a fire by coming to visit. Nice transition. People haven't awesome. had the glow lately. They're trying to bring it back. So let's see which uh, which friend of ours is going to kick off today's discussion. This is Bethany from the Money Mill House. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. All right. Today's piece comes to us from CNBC. I picked this one out just because I thought there were so many great analogies. Uh, lunch at Barney's, breakfast at Tiffany's, retailers are becoming restaurateurs to boost sales. Let's jump into it. This piece is written by Lauren Thomas. Lauren writes, this fall, a new restaurant's going to open up inside uh, Barney's New York department store at Copley Place in Boston, Massachusetts, marks another step in the march of retailers into the restaurant business. Fred's, the high-end department store chain's restaurant brand, has origins that date back to the 1920s when, under a different name, it was a counter-service operation selling roast beef sandwiches at 17th Street and 7th Avenue in Manhattan. Now there are five Fred's restaurants up and running in Barney stores, two in New York, one each at Beverly Hills, Chicago, and San Francisco. Nice. And there's plenty of room for the retailer to continue to grow in the food and beverage industry. Barney's CEO, Daniela Vital, said, like other retailers, Barney's is looking for ways to keep pace in an era of online shopping. Quote, if you asked me five years ago, if we were in the restaurant business, I would say, I don't know if there was a strategy behind it. She said, quote, in hindsight, we should have moved much more quickly to make sure there were restaurants in all of our stores. We won't do a project anymore without a big restaurant component. It's funny about- that it, it, it's funny as as you were reading, I was thinking about not just restaurants, 
but and not just department stores, but it seems like they're wrong to think about every single piece of the operation needs to make a huge profit. Like if the restaurant, Josh, doesn't make money, but it brings more people back to the stores later on in this piece, it talks and everybody already knows it. So we don't need to go into the numbers. Department stores not making the money they used to make because of Amazon, Walmart and Target going online um, yep. and moving upstream. Uh, uh, it seems like it's kind of irrelevant whether the restaurant makes money or not. Lost leader is fine, right? As long as it brings uh, bodies in the door. Yeah. And I hope they don't end at restaurants like, uh, I don't know, when you were a kid, did you used to go hang out at the mall? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and what kind of stores would you go to when you went to the mall? We went into music stores. Yep. Gone. We went into uh, what was it? it was like Spencer's Gifts or, yeah. you know, like kind of gadget gone. stores. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the other? Uh, um, what was the, the gadget store? Brookstone and, and Sharper Image. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And some of those stores around in some of the higher end malls, but, but, but largely gone. Now Microsoft starting to bring some computer stores back, yep. but not to a large degree. There's not a huge number of those, but mostly I feel like if I'm not a 13 year old girl, <laughs> there's nothing for me in a store yep. or, or, or in a shopping mall. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the idea of creating these experiential uh, places for people to gather, uh, you know, creating a sense of community is what's going to lead the next era of, of shopping malls or, or shopping in IRL, so to speak. Right. Um, we, we, we don't have that experience anymore. We don't get it. So where else are we going to get it? Oh, wait, a mall. So, <laughs> you know, we're, they're not going to look the same, but there's certainly going to be, uh, you know, uh, gathering places once again. We we just have to, and we being, you know, businesses need to kind of figure out how to attract folks. And and I I think it's a great idea. I I'm, you know, we we go to uh, the Nordstrom Cafe. Uh, the food's good. The service is great. We talked about this before the show. Kids love it. Prices are reasonable, and it brings us in. We walk by. We looky loo, and and maybe one of these days we'll pick up a thing or two from the store. Yeah. And, and everybody wins. And that's, that's, I guess, my big question for you here. I understand this is around retail. And I was in a mall last week in New Orleans. And I was commenting to the friend I was with. I'm like, the longer I'm in the, in the financial media business, the more it seems just ludicrous to me that a place where people gather is a huge building filled with junk to buy, right? <laughs> that we yeah. all know isn't going to make our life better. But this particular mall was packed. It was just yes. packed with people and you go in a park down the street and there's nobody there, you know, this beautiful outdoor area. But so, so my question is, is this better for us because we're, because it's a way for us to get out and, and, and be with people again, instead of spending all day online, which I don't think is particularly healthy. Uh, or is it, is this a bad thing because it's all organized around getting us to buy more stuff? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I I think anything organized around getting us out the house and anything that actually gets people outside uh, is is probably good. Um, way better than having a bunch of people locked in their basements and and the data. And I'm I'm not going to pull off the data, but I've seen it before. You know, the data on teenagers in particular is is shockingly scary. You know, they're they're yeah. locking themselves in their rooms and they're on their their phones and their computers and iPads and that's how they communicate. You know, they're not hanging out with each other anymore. And so we lose so many skills uh, by not having that. Now, certainly we gain the ability to, to 
type really fast and put up lots of funny emojis, but you know, the ability to to stand and look a human being in the eye and actually have a, a face-to-face conversation is going by the wayside. We've we've got to solve that. And I, again, like I said, I, I I think finding a way to create these experiences and not just around food and whether it's, you know, I was going to say cafes. Well, that's around food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) other ways to hang out, maybe gaming, things like that. I mean, I think it'd be fantastic and it would definitely attract people. I look at two things. I look at the rebirth of Detroit, which has happened very quickly lately. Detroit? A A lot of stuff going on at Woodward Avenue right downtown. And it's funny because when you read about how that happened, some of the people that own the buildings are giving these sweetheart deals to companies, but they really want them to be textured. So they don't really, they're working with some of these retailers that are different just to bring people downtown so that uh, they don't pay a lot in rent. But, 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 but because the developer knows he's got 15 other shops there, or she has 15 other shops, they, they're going to make money, even though they're offering a sweetheart deal to this one, this one one place i think there's well and i and we're also seeing it elsewhere too which is look at um disney how disney in orlando redid uh, downtown disney disney springs and now when you look at disney springs it's four times bigger i think i read but there's there are hat shops where you know very few people are going to go in there and buy hats especially as as nice a hat as the one you're wearing right now um there uh uh, there are there are uh cigar shops which i can't imagine make a lot of money shaving shops you know for men which i think even though it's high end that that's going to take a lot of a lot of shaving cream to to meet to meet the uh, rent obligation that they have so disney clearly getting it also that we need to have these these different places than just you know hot topic victoria's secret um uh uh you know name five other i, uh, I couldn't clothing stores <laughs> I, I, couldn't I don't hang out in the mall enough to do that but, you know, so it's interesting because i'm 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 a big proponent of kind of this this uh, future with with less automobiles and you see across europe uh, they're starting to to create these squares um, in in their major cities, uh, and they're eliminating cars, and it's it's starting to bring people together, and and people are kind of hanging out and milling about and chit chatting, and and it it's great for humanity. Um, but you know, back to these restaurants, I I think if if they bring people together, if they drive sales to the businesses, I th- I think it's a great strategy. We were we were in New York. And I went to look at Tiffany's and walked in and found out there was this, uh, this cafe that they had. And my wife was like, well, we should do tea here. We of course couldn't get in. It was sold out. Right. Uh, but brilliant, brilliant idea. Get you back in Tiffany's, get you taking pictures and social media of, of the spot. And suddenly there's free advertising for you. So, I mean, it's strategically, I think it's very wise. We do this show live in front of a Facebook audience and we've got uh, quite a few of our friends hanging out with us. Uh, Melissa says, this brings new meaning to the one-stop shop. I'll take a martini on the rocks with that new dress. So, Get 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 get, uh, get your drink on while you're. That could be dangerous, though, Melissa. Imagine the money you spend after a couple of those martinis. Michelle says we've got a few malls that have giant game rooms attached to cinema, computers set up in, in the entire room, great chairs and virtual as well. Well, to your point, Michelle, I'm looking at some of the theaters I've been in lately that now have uh, a bar. Uh, set up so you can come early and have a few drinks. They'll have uh, restaurants attached to them and higher end food, right? 
they're offering you all kinds of stuff experientially versus just going to see going to see a movie. Uh, James says retailers becoming very picky on placement as well. For instance, a lot of online retailers, Warby Parker, Indochino, etc., are opening retail stores, but they can pick and choose the best locations since everybody else is leaving. That's a fantastic thing. Some of these r- brands, I think, that get it, Josh, are are very quickly getting phenomenal rents uh, at a probably a bottom, you know, discount bin price. Yeah. Yeah. It, what's interesting is it does tend to be the higher end retailers too. Yeah. Um, uh, Restoration Hardware, the article goes on to talk about, uh, has a restaurant, had, had no idea. That's, that's fascinating. Um, Get your coffee you know, table and have lunch yeah, on it immediately. Have lunch on your brand new coffee <laughs> right. table. Exactly. I want to draw a couple analogies here because the reason I picked this wasn't just for the fascinating part that things are changing in ball land um, and that maybe it's good for us to get out. And there is a good part of this. I see these people, Josh, that try to optimize everything in their portfolio. They want to optimize every stinking piece. I want everything in my portfolio to go up all the time. And if you look at what's happening with retailers, they're getting it that you can't optimize everything. You you have to look at where your biggest driver is of income and see how we can bring more things to bear on that. So as an example, people, what do people complain about? Their cash reserve, right? An emergency fund. How do I make it so my emergency fund doesn't earn 1%? Who cares about your emergency fund? Your emergency fund is there if you have an emergency. And you know what? If you have that emergency fund, you can then live through downturns in the stock market and you don't have to feel like you have to bail when things get bad. Like optimizing everything, I think, is a pretty dangerous trend. Well, you know, it's it's uh, a result of of uh, earnings, uh, you know, requirements of the the these. Uh, you know, every quarter you've got to report. Everybody's got to see right. that you're having a good quarter. Your stock price has got to keep going up. Everything's got to be good. We got to keep dropping. I mean, the article I almost picked was. On interest rates, what we're going to talk about today, you got to keep dropping interest rates so the economy stays propped up. Right. I mean, you know, recession well, is okay. You know, downturns are fine. These are these are part of the cycle, and it's, it's, and, and it's okay. No, and it's funny you say that because some bean counter is going to look at this strategy. The department stores go, and they're going to say, "Well, the restaurant's not making a lot of money. We got to cut it." Yeah. And when they cut it, people stop coming through the store. You no longer go to Nordstrom because you're not going to the cafe. All of a sudden, they can't figure out why sales in the men's department are lower. You're not hitting your KPI, so we're going to shut it down. (laughs) Exactly. Like this compartmentalized thinking, not as good, which is why I think uh, financial advisors lately, a lot of studies about how women who are financial advisors doing better than men because they're presenting themselves more holistically. And I think a lot of women financial advisors, I really don't care about the gender issue there. Just you're seeing a group of financial advisors that are getting that you got to look at the whole picture, not just the little piece. Makes sense. Yeah. Just a second, Josh and I are going to have our takeaways from today's uh, piece. Uh, I find that so interesting. But first, uh, I want to talk about something else I find really interesting, which is Rocket Dollar. I do find it interesting putting these non-traditional investments inside of an IRA or a solo 401k plan. But you got to be careful if you're going to do that. You got to know the right people to do it. And that's why I asked Rocket Dollar to sponsor our show. So if you have an IRA or a solo 401k, what do you do when you want to invest in something different than those usual suspects that are offered in most brokerages like real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, anything else allowed by the IRS? You get Rocket Dollar. Making investments is easy. You simply write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for a custodian to mail a check on your behalf. 
really that simple. Best of all, you get to keep all the tax protections of your existing IRA or your 401k. They also have, by the way, a great knowledge base to teach you what's allowable and what's not. As an example, if you're buying a piece of real estate and you want to use your IRA to buy it, you can't go vacation there in the summer. You vacation there, it's no longer an IRA and you've got a big problem on your hands. So you'll get all that knowledge base and all of the protections through Rocket Dollar uh, for $15 a month after one time $360 setup fee. And we can help you take a hundred bucks off that. Head to uh, rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF and you'll use code money with friends to get a hundred dollars off that 360. So thanks to Rocket Dollar for nice. supporting money with friends. Josh, what's our big takeaway from this piece? Well, you know, if I want to go and get uh, get lit up, I'm going to go to the department store <laughs> and right. uh, you know get a good deal and a drink. <laughs> that's that's you're going to borrow Melissa's takeaway. Uh, well, yeah, I thought it was fun. Absolutely. So, okay. Okay. My my takeaway. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say uh, the takeaway is uh, that retailers are getting more and more dynamic. Uh, I think they are learning that if they continue to function the way that they're functioning and use old school thinking that they're going to fail. Um, and that's, it's nice to finally see. I mean, you know, it's taken us a while to get here, but, you know, there's no stopping the Amazon Walmart target machine, as you said. And, and, and so these other retailers are going to have to find ways to get, uh, get bodies in the door. Um, as long as they provide good service, good food, you know, maybe it's a lost leader, maybe they break even, maybe they even make a profit, but you know, if they can get eyeballs in, uh, they're going to hopefully boost their own sales and and hopefully turn things around. Um, and on top of that, as an added benefit, maybe more and more people that are glued to their phones and and everything else uh, actually get out and communicate with other humans. I love that idea. Thinking creatively about your about you know your issues. If department stores are down and you're you're not going to make inroads against Amazon. You don't you can't compete on price with all that brick and mortar. What do you do? You get creative. I like that. Yeah. Uh I want to go back to the holistic stuff for my takeaway. Looking at your situation compartment by compartment and seeing what's the most profitable and maximizing that one thing might not be the best way to look at it because each piece informs another. I had an interview once on Stacking Benjamins with a well, fantastic artist, uh, uh, Austin Cleon, wrote a great book called Steal Like an Artist. And Austin said, you know, it's often those things away from work that inform your work. Playing guitar can make you better at being an accountant, as an example. So looking at the fact that this restaurant might not make a lot of money, plugging it into the department store, synergistic way of looking at things versus um, the reason why I think the death of the malls happen is because they just thought about what makes us the most money. Yep. Uh, Hot topic makes us the most money. And that's why, that's why they're succeeding, but the mall's failing. So yep. uh, Josh, where do people find you, man? You can find me at joshuadorkin.com or on social at, at J.R. Dorkin. And by the way, you're going to find Josh back here again, roughly a month from now. Thanks for hanging out with us for a couple more days. I appreciate it. And yeah, in the hat awesome. too. That's you like, it? we didn't have to pay any extra for the hat. That's what Snazzy. I like. Yes. He didn't charge us anymore. Well, maybe, maybe you did. You charge us 20% more, didn't you? I did not negotiate well enough. <laughs> right. All right, guys, on behalf of Josh Dork and I'm Joe Salciha. I will see you next time back here at Money with Friends.
This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.